Popcorn Heist is an interactive community of pop culture lovers that spans multiple mediums. We dive deep into TV shows and movies of the past, present, and future to bring you the hottest takes and the coldest truths. Do you have what it takes? Join the heist. Hey guys, this is Jake from Popcorn Heist here. And this is Nick from Popcorn Heist. Welcome back to Popcorn Heist, the podcast. Welcome back, guys. Excited to be here. It's been a little bit. Yeah. Um, so for those of you stumbling upon us for the first time, Popcorn Heist is a brand that we created. We're roommates in college. We're big movie lovers, big show lovers. And we created this brand to bring pop culture content to the world. We do it through our blog. We do it through this podcast, uh, social media as well, what have you. Yeah, so if you're looking for where you can find all that pop culture content, obviously you can continue to listen to this podcast. Or <laughs> we can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, uh Apple Podcasts, that is uh, Google Podcasts and YouTube, where you can find the audio and the video. Um, then you can find the hub basically for all of our content on our website, popcornheist.com, where you can find, like Nick said, our blog with articles and rankings and deep dives on different opinions and stuff. And then that also spans, we have social media accounts, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where you can find us at Popcorn Heist, where we do a bunch of interactive campaigns. So if you want to join the heist and join the community with us, then uh, definitely we encourage you to uh, look us up on those profiles and uh, follow us and check out our content. Yeah, and uh, like Jake said, a great way to get involved in the content is continuing to listen to this episode. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> this episode is going to be a discussion of Star Wars fans know this, Mandalorian fans know this, uh, pretty much anyone who's been on social media for the last week probably knows this. The character of Ahsoka Tano, who uh, originated in the Star Wars animated shows, made her first live action appearance in The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 5, and that was... A big deal for many fans. Big deal. Some, big fans, deal. some fans had no clue, but uh, others it was a big deal for. So we're going to be, be talking about that a little bit today, giving our thoughts. I feel like very very select few didn't know. or maybe Yeah. For for us, it was big. Where I mean, Nick and I. I, are, I also know some people who are Mandalorian fans, but not huge Star Wars fans. That's true. But so like, you if know. you're a Star Wars fan, I feel like you knew. You knew. Yeah, that you it know. Was coming. You, you probably know the name at least. Yeah, yeah. but but for, for Nick and I, it was it was big. I mean, that, that's not saying much for every hardcore Star Wars fan. It's big, but like, <laughs> me and Nick were really excited, and um, yeah, I mean. Ahsoka is one of my favorite characters. I know she's probably your she's favorite probably character. Probably my favorite Star Wars character. Maybe my favorite character in general. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was it was big for us, and we were super excited. So that being said, for this episode, it's going to be a little different than previous episodes. We're not going to have a very strict agenda. It's going to be basically an open discussion, uh, free for all thoughts on what we thought of Ahsoka, what we thought of the episode, and the larger implications for the Mandalorian show uh, going forward, and really the entire Star Wars universe because she's such a big part of it. And I mm -hmm. think that they're really going to continue to make her more of a big part of the Star Wars universe going forward. Yeah, definitely. And and for those of you stumbling upon us, our show for the first time, we do like to start every episode with a quote. Uh, like we said, we were roommates in college. Something we bonded over was obscure movie quotes. Uh, so every episode we start with a quote. And this one, 
we, we were looking, we try to pick quotes from different mediums, even if they're not the medium that we're talking about that might apply, apply to the medium. But this episode just had the absolutely p- most perfect quote for this episode yep. from Ahsoka herself. And it's, I like first, good or bad, they're always memorable. Great quote. Very yeah. fitting. And, you know, very fitting for this setting, too. Most, most, if not all, Star Wars fans uh, who know of Ahsoka love her. But I think that you'll find in this discussion that uh, it'll be a little interesting. I, I, <laughs> a little me, good, a little bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nick and I have talked about it, uh, and uh, we definitely have some opinions where, uh, like you said, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, <laughs> uh, different uh, perceptions of what we thought. But um, And you, you think they put that quote in there to be like, this is a first, right? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, of course. They put that quote in there to be on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you think John Favreau and Dave Filoni listen yeah. to Popcorn Heist the podcast? Oh, I wish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, but that being said, let's get straight into it, guys. Um, spoiler alert, uh, big spoiler alert for anybody listening. If you haven't seen season two, episode five of The Mandalorian, if you're not caught up on The Mandalorian in general, or if you haven't seen... Um, other Star Wars TV shows such as Clone Wars and Rebels will be going heavy into not just what we thought of Ahsoka in this episode, but how it relates to all of those things and how it uh, implies the what's coming in the future for Star Wars. Yeah, we won't spoil all of Rebels and Clone Wars for you, but we're definitely going to have to talk a little bit about Ahsoka's place in them, uh, how it fits into where she is in the universe during The Mandalorian. So it's definitely... If you want, if you want to watch the animated shows with no spoilers, turn away now. Yeah, and if if you're really not familiar with Ahsoka, I mean, she originated on the Clone Wars show and then went on to make more appearances in uh, Star Wars Rebels when Disney bought Star Wars. And if you want a really detailed uh, history on Ahsoka, we actually just put out a little sort of history article blog sort of thing um (laughs) (laughs) but you can find it on our instagram and facebook and then we also have it on our blog it's sort of just the overall history of ahsoka what you should know before you watch the mandalorian um nick do you want to add anything Uh, do you think they should know anything i mean i think something why i think ahsoka is like my favorite character personally is because she when she started in clone wars in 2008 when the show first or when the first movie for the show came out it was a weird time, for that, for that. <laughs> but yeah, she was she was like not a liked character at all. And like I I saw that movie in theaters, so it was kind of that came out in theaters. Yeah, I watched that in theaters. What? Yep, yep. yep. It was a theor- theor- not- theatrical <laughs> release. I can't speak. Um, Disappointment to go see yeah, that in yeah, theaters. The, oh the movie God. like wasn't very good. Ahsoka was really annoying. She called R two R two e. She called the Jabba's child who they were rescuing. Yep, that was the plot. Oh my she God. She called him stinky. Uh, she was really annoying to Anakin. She she was very annoying. And then throughout the first season and second season, she gets a little bit better. And then over the season, she gets like she becomes a super respected and like compassionate war hero to the to the clones around her. And she, her and Anakin build this super close knit relationship, and it becomes really compelling. So I think just her growth. And then in Rebels, you see her as like this Obi Wan type character who everyone looks up to, and and she like absolutely mercs everyone she fights pretty much except the real big guns but we're not going to get into that yeah um but yeah so 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 she her her growth as a character throughout all these different star wars eras even though she's not in any of the movies is just super compelling i feel like i definitely agree i think it's not only compelling because she's tied to the heart of star wars she's literally anakin skywalker slash darth vader's uh, uh former padawan yeah. slash apprentice but like it makes it compelling because it also makes Anakin's story more compelling. Like Anakin, mm. and her being tied to Anakin makes her compelling, and then her 
compellingness, if that's a word, makes <laughs> Anakin's story more compelling. So it's kind of like back and forth. It feeds right into each other, which is why I personally grew to love her. I mean, falling in love with Ahsoka and seeing how um, m- how much weight she had on the development of Anakin and um, when he became Darth Vader, how she relates to all of that, it really made me fall in love with her. Like, Yeah. yeah. And, and I think something else that I know it's going to like come up when we talk about it later but i think something else that's super compelling to a lot of people is the way she leaves the jedi order during the clone wars because not really because she recognizes the hypocrisy but she she just like there's something about the jedi order that like turns her away in, in the end and i feel like that's super compelling because it's super it's really no one else who's a main character in star wars has done that i think she's one of the more wiser characters and one of the more like I don't know the really the right, right word to use, but like when you watch the movies, obviously you're made to believe like people like Yoda are like super wise and like one of the most powerful Jedi. But like you believe that just be like they don't really expand on it as much in the movies. I don't know if I'm really making sense. Right? Yeah, but, I feel like they like I, I definitely think it's so. Uh, Yoda is like probably one of the most yeah, powerful Jedi. No, no doubt, one, definitely no doubt. one of the most powerful. But but yeah, sometimes it's like you don't get to in such a short time span it's hard to like really show all of their wiseness and you don't see their growth into being that wise i guess obi-wan's you kind of do but uh, i don't know seeing ahsoka's growth over time makes her uh, for me she's she doesn't represent the jedi she represents like the light side of the force and i think actually her her uh voice actress from the animated show set has said that that she to to the voice actress represents the light side of the force and that that's just how i always kind of see Ahsoka and she's always but she still like has been through a lot and she she's still well I guess she's not human but she's still like a person yeah so I don't know I, I think it's a testament also to how well the format of television shows services the Star Wars story because you really are able to spend much more time um on a granular level like developing characters and developing um parts of the lore that really you get sort of a surface level uh, once once you watch the shows, it's like the movies are almost like child's play. Like <laughs> it's like they really like get down deep into the lore of the Force and the light side and the dark side and why it's so compelling. And Ahsoka is just a huge part of that. Um, that that's all I'll say for now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we could, we could definitely nerd out on Star- on uh, Clone Wars and Rebels another time. I feel like we we should get to the uh, the. The real title of the episode. Definitely. Discussion of Ahsoka Definitely. in her first live action appearance. So just to set the scene a little bit, uh, the Mandalorian is trying to unite the child, who many of us know as Baby Yoda, with the Jedi because that's what uh, his armor tasked him with. And that's the way. And uh, so Baby... But it's weird because Baby Yoda's also kind of his foundling. So they have a little bit of like a father-son relationship. Uh, but yeah, so his task is to find... A Jedi to unite Baby Yoda with. So he is sent to this planet Corvus to meet Ahsoka Tano, and she is pretty much just sieging the city by herself. And we don't we don't know why she's sieging a city, but yeah. she, but the episode just opens right in your face, like literally with a yeah. full blown battle. Like I was really not expecting it at all. I I was so taken aback by it i mean i woke up super early to watch the episode and not only was i like sleepy but and excited but i was just like oh my god what the hell is happening right now yeah, yeah. I, for me the beginning is as was a little bit jarring just because of where we see her in the end of rebels so 
in the end of Rebels, she it's like an epilogue scene where like Rebels happens before episode four, and then the epilogue scene happens at some point after episode six. So it just shows Ahsoka meet up with Sabine Wren, who's one of the main characters of Rebels, in this white cloak and with this white staff, and she looks like she's like almost risen above like all the problems of the world. And then so just that's the last time I see her to see her like first thing I see is the white lightsaber was very jarring to me. And I don't want to say it was it was like a bad thing, but it was like it, it almost reminded me of the dead speak in the Rise of Skywalker, where it was like right in your face. But th- that was that's a whole different that, story. But, <laughs> way but, well, that's but, a whole different. But you know story. what I mean? Oh it, it, it threw me right into the action, and and which isn't ne- like I said, not necessarily a bad thing, but um, it was definitely a little bit jarring for me. And but the, the action was really cool. I can't, I can't lie. The action was awesome. I I personally loved all of Ahsoka's action in this episode. But I was f- fully expecting Ahsoka's entrance to be similar to what Bo-Katan's was maybe not as full-on like Ahsoka like crashing in and like saving Mando in like a battle format but like maybe like very similar to how we saw her in Rebels with the white cloak like standing from a distance like you I don't know like you're oh you must be looking for me or something I don't I don't know some like more of a dramatic a long-term like uh reveal that like built up to it with some tension rather than like just like throwing it out there yeah and I think I, I we have heard some rumors about this too I think so Jake Jake knows there's a lot of things about this episode that it, it, the second watch kind of quelled a lot of it for me but there's a lot of things that I've I felt it like the continuity didn't make sense and I also had other other issues with it. There was a lot of things I liked, but there was also some things I didn't like. And um, I feel like a big thing that I initially was like, wait, what's going on? Is because of the end of Rebels and her white cloak and her white staff. And then the, you see her kind of looking like she did at the end of Clone Wars with like the gray like hoodie, pretty much. And it, it, it was like definitely jarring to me. And, and the fact that she was like just fighting with her lightsabers in the first scene, it was, it was jarring. And... But we have heard some rumors about how this might happen before the Rebels epilogue, which I think would probably quell a lot of that for me. And I again, another thing that I noticed was she's not with Sabine either. And like that has to be either explained why she lost Sabine or it has to happen before the Rebels epilogue. So, yeah, that was that was something that was because I was confused. It's like confusing with Mandalorian because it happens like five years after Return of the Jedi. So it's like, I don't know it's it's confusing the timeline exactly. Yeah, th- that that ran through my mind as I was but it honestly it didn't really phase me as much because I really just assumed that okay, so I assume she's found Ezra with Sabine and then she just went off on her own again and had to deal with some other stuff. And I I, I know that we we've talked about this but I didn't really like it didn't phase me that the as much the the white cloak thing like it although i expected her to show up later in the episode more dramatically like maybe with her white cloak and staff like it didn't really phase me because i don't really know the nobody really knows the significance of that like we're made to believe that she went through some dramatic change and that's why she's become ahsoka the white but i don't i don't know like it it seemed more just like a cool outfit to me to end the episode Mm -hmm. like rather than i think it means a lot more i think the white cloak has to mean a lot more i think it's like similar to like gandalf the white like he pretty much dies and comes back to life not not dies and comes back to life but he pretty much saves himself from death from what i remember um and goes from being gandalf the great to gandalf the white and ahsoka pretty much comes back to life through the world between worlds so i i figured that had something to do with her becoming ahsoka the white um and it, it just looks like she's like risen above like why wasn't she involved in 
in like the Galactic Civil War and like the events of Empire, uh, like all the original trilogy, really. And I don't know. I, I felt like I, I like wanted to get answers on why she wasn't involved, and I wanted to get answers on the White Cloak, and I wanted to see like, I don't know. I, I, I that I think that an initial like change from the, you can't go from having a White Cloak and like looking like you're the peaceful mother of the like light side to to like just killing everyone around you and sieging the city and like you know it, it was like a weird change for me. But but I will say if it, this happens before the epilogue of Rebels, it would quell a lot of those confusions for me. Yeah, I feel like it's it's too early to really like judge not only Rosario's uh, portrayal of Ahsoka, the actress Rosario Dawson, uh, and it's too early to sort of judge what they did with it because we really don't know. I mean, they might be playing the long game where like this is the. the ep- the events of the Mandalorian is going to play into her uh, transition into Ahsoka the White. You know that yeah. was. That, I don't agree that it's too early to judge. I think we could judge. It. I don't. I, I. I think it. I think it's not all explained. So like, there's definitely. I'm not like. There's definitely things I could come in and explain more and like make me like it more. Yeah, I, I just didn't expect. I I fully didn't expect them to explain everything in this episode. I was again. I was surprised. To see her start off the episode like swinging her white lightsabers, but it completely like just took me back to like the classic like Clone Wars episodes that I loved and the Rebels episodes to see her fighting again, and like I I was just enveloped in that, and I was like, wow, this is an awesome scene. So like kind of like yeah, but even in Rebels, I kind of liked that her lightsabers were used a little bit sparingly. It seemed like she she used them very heavy handedly, but I I, I that's I'm that's because she only had like forty five minutes to really like. They only had 45 minutes to show Ahsoka, so obviously you're going to see a lot of lightsaber. But, like, even in Rebels, you know her for, like... So, she's Fulcrum for a season. Then she's, like, helping them for a season without actually fighting with them. And then she finally, like, has the reveal of the white lightsabers. And it's, like, a huge moment. And then that's the only time she uses the white lightsabers before the final two episodes. So, it's she uses them pretty sparingly. So and I kind of felt like it was, like, less powerful that you just, like, for a second had the white lightsabers. And then it's, like murking everybody but i mean the action was really cool I, I'll, I'll i'll give it that but it was definitely like jarring that she was just like pew, 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 pew. and then it was like show yourself jedi and she was just like and <laughs> the lightsaber shined on her face like i i don't know it was like a little bit weird weird for me i don't know i i i like i liked it personally i i was a little i i, I guess i get it but i d- kind of don't is to, they refer to her a lot as the Jedi throughout this episode, but they made it a clear point in Rebels to, for her to come out to Darth Vader and say, I am no Jedi. Like, she left the Jedi out order. She's technically, is it is she a gray Jedi, or is that not really canon? They don't really, uh, the gray Jedi is, like, subject to interpretation at whether or not it's, like, some, like, Qui-Gon Jinn who's part of the Jedi order but doesn't always follow it. So, I don't know, it's up for interpretation. It was weird to me, too, though, I agree with you, that it's, like, they're, like, show yourself jedi and she's just like okay i my thoughts was that she doesn't really like care like what these random people are are calling her and she kind of hints at it later in the episode um where mando says like i was tasked to bring him to a jedi and she says well the jedi order fell like a long time ago so she's kind of like hinting at saying like well you're you're not finding a jedi here like you know like the order's gone yeah so i yeah she hinted at it but i don't know it was it was it's also weird that like I don't know, her and Bo-Katan, like, pen pals. It was weird that Bo-Katan was like, oh, Jedi, go to Ahsoka. Like, I guess Bo-Katan might not even know she's not a Jedi, but I don't know, that was, like, weird, too. I think that the the reason why she said it to Anakin was, like, fueled by, like, 
just her emotions for him that like for anyone to like call her a Jedi, like she, her herself, she lives her life like thinking in her head, like I'm not really a Jedi. Like, and so if other people are like calling that to her, like casually, like I don't think she really minds to like correct them. Like, actually I'm not a Jedi, like, you know, but when Vader, like it was so emotional for her where he's like, oh, revenge is not the Jedi way. He's like, that I think like got like pulled it out of her, like to say, I am no Jedi. I don't, yeah, I don't think she has to like the the general public. Like when they see lightsabers in the Star Wars universe, they think Jedi, and I don't think she's gonna go around and, like correcting every person. Which I, like I agree with that, where she doesn't have to say it to every person who calls her a Jedi and stuff. But like that's a, uh, we're gonna jump around a little bit here. But that's another whole thing too about why she's like, I won't train Grogu, who we'll talk about that a little later. I won't <laughs> wait, train wait, wait. Grogu talk about because that. he has an attachment to you, and then. She, he's like, oh, but I'll help you out and with your problem. And then he helps her out. And then she's like, oh, but I'm still not going to train him because of his attachment to you. But, like, they had a whole list of reasons. Like, I'm not going to train him because of his attachment to you. I'm not going to train him because I'm not a Jedi. Like, I'm not going to train him because I have to find my friend Ezra. Like, I don't know why they just, like, were, like, attachment, like... You know what I mean? That I, re- I really liked that reasoning. Let's Let's back up for a second. So... We mentioned uh, Baby Yoda. For those of you, if you're listening, still listening to the episode by now, you're, you're familiar with the Mandalorian. Yeah. So Baby Yoda, they revealed in this episode that his real name is Grogu. Uh, he communicated it to the for- through the Force to Ahsoka, and Ahsoka told Mando, like, listen, his, his real name is Grogu, and gave him a whole little backstory, which we'll get into later. And she said basically she can't train him because of his attachment to Mando, which is sort of similar very similar, in fact, to Anakin, because when he first came to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, not only did they say he was too old, but that's part of the reasoning why when you are, they'd like to take in Force-sensitive kids when they're very young because they don't have enough of a brain development or like life development to really develop attachments to people. And Anakin's attachment to his mother and to uh, not having a father, where Qui-Gon was, was killed, that's what led him to the dark side. So... I love that. I think that was a great way to sort of weave those uh, themes uh, that of what she went through with Anakin and what she experienced into what's going on now to make it super relevant. And I, th- I think it makes perfect sense, right? Like, I, I really think it, it makes perfect sense for, for Grogu. I fully expected for this episode to end and her not to take Grogu and not to, t- not to train him. No, I, I agree that I expected her not to train Grogu. Like, the whole story is about the Mandalorian and... and- Grogu um but I don't know I I feel like that theme of Star Wars of like not having attachments is almost kind of like they go again like yeah in the beginning in the prequels it's like no attachments no attachments no attachments and as time goes on it kind of shows how attachments drive people to do great things like Luke going to save Han and Leia you know what I mean and like I, so I don't love that theme. I never loved that theme of Star Wars. I think Star Wars itself has gone against that theme. Of like the whole point is that like yeah, it turned Anakin to the dark side, but it also is the reason he destroyed Palpatine because he had such an attachment to Luke. So I kind of don't love that they like use that as the sole reason that Ahsoka wouldn't train Grogu. I get it because of her whole thing with Darth Vader, but also like why are you giving that reason and then being like oh I guess if you help me it's fine, and then when he helps you being like now that that's true that's true i, I want to take it take it piece by piece though like yeah, i yeah. i think that i agree that like if 
they start in the prequel saying atta- no attachments, no attachment, no, and that's sort of like the weakness and the arrogance of the Jedi Order is that they don't acknowledge how things like that could be benef- beneficial. But I think that Ahsoka particularly was so tied to Anakin that she's very cautious about that kind of stuff and that it's too many different, it's not only that, but too many parallels uh, for Grogu and Anakin because he he's gone through so much pain with living and surviving through order 66 and then being hidden away from the world and having to suppress his powers and just being like hidden, hidden away for all these years. So I think it's very similar to not only was Anakin attached to his mother and attached to Qui-Gon, but he went through tremendous loss and, and was filled with fear and was attached to Padme, you know? So I think it's like too many, it's much parallel. I I think it's, I don't really see it as a parallel as much as you do, but I get where you're coming from, but, I think she's overly cautious. I don't know. I feel like you can make that parallel for like anyone. I don't know. Like, Obi-Wan like who lost his master and then like lost a teen and, and stuff. You but he, I mean? but he was trained like in, in the way they, they train Jedi from a young, young age. I guess. And like, yeah, I guess. But I mean, Grogu's like, he's 50, but he's like technically like younger than Anakin is in his years. You know? Yeah. But Gro- think about it. Grogu so she could train him from that age, but I guess he already developed the attachment th- is what you're saying. They say that someone saved him from order 66, but we don't have no idea. Like, did he experience all of his friends like being slaughtered in front of him and then hidden away for all those years, like in isolation, like when Mando in, in literally the first episode of season one finds him in that pod. I mean, I'm to assume that he was in that facility for like, who knows how long. Yeah. Like. But it's that's the thing. Be... He, all, he he also was trained as a Jedi from a young age already, so he already has that training in him. You know, so it's like, I don't know. I don't I don't love that reasoning that she's just like, no attachments. They had a whole list of reasons to to use. I, that could have been one of them, but like, she could have been like, that's not ultimately. I'm not trying to restart the Jedi Order. That's not my goal. I'm trying to find my friend Ezra. Yeah, you know. But I I don't think that. I think, I didn't really expect them to say like. For her to like yeah, give all these like drop. list yeah, all yeah, these yeah, reasons yeah, of like course. yeah yeah oh I got to find Ezra I got to like no attachment yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it would have been too much to like throw at people because no, I think I they gotta it. account for people who don't know all that those things also yeah well that's true but but you know what I mean I I, I just didn't it didn't do it for me that she was like oh he has too much of an attachment like yeah I get it and then she's like but I'll do it anyway if you help me and then he helps her and then she's like no but I don't know that that's that's how I felt about that but. I got I, I had something in my head like when I was thinking about that. We'll we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. but yeah, that that is weird that she was just like, yeah, like if you help me, like that's fine, and then like yeah. sent him along his way. And and going going off that too, it it kind of, I, I I do get it now. It makes sense now that I watched it. But something that also took away took away from the episode for me on like initial watch is that. Ahsoka was pretty much just like another side mission for the Mandalorian. And and that's something I, I have not like loved about the Mandalorian since I first started it. Like is that the side mission episodes are always like not oh, not always my favorite episodes. And I, I don't love, especially in season two, that every episode is like he goes to a place. He's like, I need to do this. And they're like, OK, help me first. And then I'll give you your information. And it, it was I wanted Ahsoka to have a little bit more of a role in the old and like a more of an impact i guess she like gave us more background on grogu but like i wanted her to have more impact more than just being like the the quest the next quest like master you know but that's that's the thing i think it's too early to judge something like like that because we have no idea now with the reveal at the end of the episode that she's lo- looking for thrawn like now how do we know how do we not know that thrawn is the end game for for the mandalorian and like 
I think I think I it. Think I think so. I don't think it's. A, in my opinion, I didn't view this as a, as a side episode. But, I mean, think about well, the it was side. Definitely a side episode. Maybe it should come back, but it was definitely a side episode. No, but think about the side episodes in season one, like the guy. Well, Bo-Katan that, was a side episode too, even though that's gonna. That, she's definitely gonna come. That back. really furthered the plot. I thought. That I did think. no. Bo-Katan furthered the plot, but it was still like another like. Okay, I go to this planet, and I have to do this thing, and I have to like go on this quest to get the information out of the part. Like no. he's doing such big quests to like get such. I, I know he needs the information, but you know what I mean? Every time he goes, it's like like clockwork. Every episode he lands, he's like, I need to do this. And someone he meets someone new, and they're like, no, you have to do this first, and then I'll help you. No, I get that. It's it's formulaic, but I don't think that it's a side. Like, think about the side episodes from season one where he's on Tatooine and that random oh, yeah. bounty hunter. Like, they, they just got to do a job together. Like, that's a side yeah, episode. That literally has episode, but nothing if he was to Ahsoka do. Tano, it wouldn't have been a side episode. No, but there's so many stuff, so many things happened with Ahsoka and that I think it really furthered the plot. Like, we found out more about... I think it furthers the plot, but not as much as should have. Not, not, not as much Definitely. as should have, but not as much as I thought it would going into the episode. How about that? Like, but you know? I, but I, I expect I, I was going into the episode. I was thinking, all right, there's no way that like Mando is just gonna leave Baby Yoda with Ahsoka. So I don't think that she's gonna train him. So like I didn't really know what else to. I, I kind of expected like that she would just be in this episode and then maybe not come back for a little bit, which I think is gonna be similar to her role in Rebels. Which I, that's why I say it's too early because would be similar to a role in Rebels where like she showed up at first as like we. Like we heard hints of her uh, that she was fulcrum, and then she, like she would come in back and forth for a few episodes, and didn't really become super relevant until like mid season two. No, but you knew she was on the team once she en- like she was on their side once she entered in, in season one. I feel like I, I don't know. I, fe- I felt like she was like it was just like okay, I have to find Ahsoka, and then it, she he found her, and then she was like, no, I can't train him because he has attachments, but like maybe other Jedi can go to this rock. You know what I mean? She just sends him to a rock at the end of the episode. Like, yeah, she might come back, but it was like, it was like a, it was a side. I felt it was like a side. I don't, but I don't even know if it was about if sending her, sending Grogu and Mandu and Mando to um, Tython, the the Jedi Temple, was about him finding a teacher. I think it was more about bringing him to a place that had such a strong connection to the Force that would allow Grogu to make his own choice, make his own choice, rather than have some have a teacher pull it out of him. Put Grogu in the middle of Mando and Ahsoka and have him walk to one of you. <laughs> no, you, that's not what I mean. No, I know. Like I'm choose I'm a team. Like have him have it be um self sufficient in in like in embracing the Force rather than like having a teacher or Mando like force him to use the Force with a, with a ball or like a, a teacher like Ahsoka like for like instilling it and drilling and drilling teachings into him. Like yeah, you got to bring him to a place because he's been through so much trauma and suppressing his powers that like you it w- there's no way to know if it's viable to even teach him if he's not even willing to open up to the force. You know? Yeah, I, I I guess I guess that makes more sense. But but I don't know. I still like Ahsoka was just here to give him a name and tell him to go to a rock. Yeah, you know what I mean. But that's I, a, I, I, she's gonna be more. But like that's what the episode kind of was. They I, gave I, us a Thrawn. I don't really know. I didn't really know know what more to expect, though. Like, what else? Like, if she was gonna be more involved, like, what what else could they have done? I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm like I said. I'm super excited to see Ahsoka in live action, but like, I, I also don't love when things are just thrown in for a character to to be there. You know what I mean? I I hope that she has more of a more implications on the Mandalorian itself, but just to have her be one like step of the way to to bigger like not help with the problem itself at all really and just be like oh 
you found me here go to this rock it was pretty much what I, like he was supposed to go to Ahsoka and then he helped her and then she told him go to this rock you know it like don't just give me an episode with a character just to give me an episode with the character but I but again I don't think that it I don't think that it wasn't necessarily that because we know at, at this point it's pretty much almost a given that she's going to get her own spinoff show where she's going to get yeah. tons of attention. But like if we're really talking about an interconnected universe of Star Wars, then then it makes sense like that he that Mando would would run would possibly run into Ahsoka in a situation like this. Like it, I. I, I don't think I think if she was more involved, then she would overshadow what's yeah, no. what's happening in with Mando but, and the Mandalorians and stuff. So I don't think that's true. There's a, but I don't want her to be a main character of the Mandalorian. But I, I I feel like there's a balance where like she can have some type of type of impact on the story. Whether or not she's only in one one episode doesn't matter. But like the fact that it was just like one step, like help me with my mission that has nothing to do with yours, and then we'll get, I'll tell you to go to this other planet. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, she was just another person telling him to, to go from planet to planet. Like, I, I and, I, yeah, I think it would make sense for her to, if, there, if there's going to be an interconnected Star Wars universe, yeah, it makes sense. But to see her first live-action appearance just be another step to, like, he finds her, then she sends him on his way. Like, it was a little bit underwhelming for me. I don't know. I, I, I get that, but I was personally, like... We got more information about Baby Yoda. We got tons of connections to her experiences that she's had with Anakin. A lot of like prequel references to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Stuff with Thrawn and some badass scenes. Like I, I was like, I, I completely understand what you're saying, and like that she was just another person. But like, I think we got a lot of satisfaction out of like what they gave us. I, yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that I agree, like, the action was great. That, here's what I'll say. The action when she was fighting random people was great. She was killing it. Like, especially when, when her and Mando stormed the city. And even in her fight versus Mando, it was a pretty, pretty cool scene. And she gave a little, like, smile, which was very Ahsoka-y. But um, her storming the city and her, like, cutting the bell. And, like, her... This was early, but her, like, cutting the tree. It looked like... It looked like an animation come to life, which that I, was I appreciated cool. a lot. Yeah, I appreciated that a lot. And her jumping across the roofs, it like made it look like it made it feel like Clone Wars almost more than more than Rebels. But mm-hmm. um, and a callback to the her fight with Vader, yeah, the way that she was like, cool uh, too. Um, that was really cool. I I like that. But um, yeah, the the action was 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 very cool. I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah, I I think of one thing that um, eventually. I learned to understand and like accept more as I rewatched the episode uh, on Sunday. But at first I was a little disappointed in how deadpan and serious she was. Like Ahsoka's known for being yeah. like lighthearted. Like Ashley Eckstein's voice who voiced her in the in the cartoons is very like not only recognizable but super like heartwarming and like ex- like welcoming mm-hmm. and like you, you, you like instantly love her. Like her voice yeah. is like perfect. Uh, and Rosario Dawson, like, can kind of, you can kind of, like, see, like, how she would sound like an older, like, wiser Ahsoka, but I felt like her delivery was a little too serious, a little too uh, stoic, a little too deadpan, but, like, as I watched it the second time around, I, I started to think to myself, like, not only is was Clone Wars and Rebels, like, a kid show where things were a little bit more lighthearted and Mandalorian like everyone is is like pretty serious like Mando is like serious like all the time so mm-hmm. it makes sense that like kind of they're tr- transitioning to that sort of like uh, um, 
that sort of style and that sort of language. Mm-hmm. But also, you f- I found like little Id- idiosyncrasies in her performance that like oh I could definitely see like as Ashley Eckstein's ah- Ahsoka like peeking through her performance a little bit where like the inflection and like the little head nods and like the little tiny grins that she would give. I wish she was a little more lively, but I understand that like Mandalorian is a, a like a serious like Western like style and as opposed to the kid shows that she a- a- appeared in previously. Yeah, I mean I I, I agree with you completely. I. I- liked it more the second time around 100 percent um i do still feel like she was definitely too stoic and deadpan um i i feel like sometimes she i i did appreciate like the arm crossing and like the little smile she gave to mando before she like jumped over the tree and and beat him like i did i did appreciate the little things like that but it almost felt like she like studied the performance so particularly that she was focused on those little things and like those little lines to nod but then like the rest of it kind of fell to the wayside and like you said like Ashley Axine has this voice that like you just immediately love her and I, I didn't feel that way when I was like with Ahsoka in this Mandalorian episode I didn't feel like I was and I know she's been through a lot but I, I didn't feel like I was with the same character that like every every second she was on screen in Rebels I like felt some type of like I just was drawn to her you know what I mean I didn't I didn't always feel that this time around and maybe it's just because it's a different actress with a different voice so like there's no way it could have been exactly the same so something i'm just gonna have to like accept but um yeah i i uh i didn't feel that same like i wasn't as drawn to her in this as i was in rebels the reason i was drawn to her in this is just because it was ahsoka tano on screen for the first time it wasn't because i like really felt that like obi-wan type figure that i wanted to like i always wanted on my side yeah I just completely like slipped. Oh, so yeah, the voice is is a, is a huge part of it. Yeah, I, I mean, huge huge part of it. I think that it definitely threw me off a little bit, where I felt like I wasn't watching the same Ahsoka that I knew and loved. But also, I think like I don't know. Would you agree with me that it, when you could look back at Clone Wars and Rebels, like to a certain extent, like every character is a little bit campy and a little bit like you know. Like, ch- yeah. like a little oh, bit yeah. fits oh, yeah. that kid style a little bit, and I think that part of her stoicness was updating to um, the style of the Mandalorian. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and I was talking to someone about this yesterday, and I was like, yeah, I feel like I just like felt more same thing. I was like, I felt more drawn to Ahsoka in the animated show, and he was like, I felt more drawn to Anakin in the animated show. Yeah, and I was <laughs> like, I mean, kind of true a little bit, like, but and that like. I, I get it, but yeah, I I, uh, I think Rosario Dawson did a great job, but I, it's it's just tough when you have to accept like someone else. And and there was certain lines that were like just felt out of place. Like for example, in the in the beginning part when uh, the magistrate was like, "Oh, I could kill one person or ten or whatever," and then she's just like, "You have one day to decide." Like it was like very like. It felt weird. Like I was like, it, you know. What, what do you mean? mean? Like, are you talking about like just delivery, or you like uh, yeah, like, like word choice? Like word. I don't know what it was about it. It was just very like weird. Like it was like just weird to me. Like I can't hmm. explain it. It I was don't... just like when I first heard it, I was like, take. I was like, that didn't feel like Ahsoka at all. And it, that was like her first speaking scene. You know what I mean? And it was like you have one day to decide. Like yeah, I think giving the ultimatum wasn't very Ahsoka like. I think the delivery was like a little bit like stern and it, it was just weird to me. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I didn't really pick up on that very much. But like also it could be like think about we're talking about now if this does take place before that Rebels finale, she could be on a on a on a path towards Ahsoka the White where maybe her personality is changing a little bit. I don't know. Like maybe not. I, I would like to think that it, it would make sense that Ahsoka the, Ahsoka the White wouldn't be as stoic and as stern as she was in this episode. Mm-hmm. But maybe she is a little bit more stoic and stern than she was. She, yeah. In, I, I mean, I definitely think that's true with Ahsoka the White. She's definitely going to end up being more stern, which I think, I really feel like this has to take place before that. The more I think about it, it just doesn't really make sense that they, like, would just throw that out the window. Yeah. Um, um, but it, it is also weird. Like, what was she doing the whole original trilogy that she ended up where she is now? Like, she's still fighting warlords I, of the Empire. I'm surprised that she wouldn't, like do anything i mean but didn't I, I feel like if you're in the outer rim like they said in the other episode of the mandalorian is that like the people who are in the core worlds like don't really believe that anything is going on with moff gideon and stuff in the in the outer rim but it's so like knows what's happening with the empire yeah but do you do you really think that she would like try to get right back into the things right after like vader thinks that she's dead and like i think she might i think she probably would but what I will say, I will say an, a possible explanation for this, which I don't know if it's true or not, probably not true, is that the portal in the world between worlds, we don't know what time period it landed her in. We have no clue. I I watched an interview with Dave Filoni. I thought that it, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy because, you know, when you watch The Twilight of the Apprentice, yeah. that at the end you see like her shadow, like, uh-huh. and then that's a self-fulfilling prophecy is that when she goes back into the portal uh in world between worlds then she exits the temple when it's crumpled and you see her shadow again that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy like that yeah that that's true but that could be that doesn't have to be right when after that happened that could be when that scene in world in uh twilight of the apprentice of her walking back in or out of the temple could be whenever it's just on Malachor. Yeah. You know that, what I mean? That, so that's so true th- that could be a possible explanation doesn't have to be but just something to mention um what else was i gonna say um what else did I want to mention about the episode? Um, oh yeah, this is a this is a weird little part to talk about. The fire scene was like super weird to me. When Mando like bur- tried to burn her, like with his flamethrower. No, no, no. The fire scene when her and Grogu were like sitting around the fire and they're just like staring at each other. I don't think th- I don't think <laughs> it was, like, I don't think weird. Th- I don't think that was weird because I, I that's not that big a deal, but it was like weird. And then she just came out and she was like, "He's Grogu." Is Grogu? He trained in the Jedi Temple. That's (laughs) even though he's been eating eggs this whole time. Mando was like, "Oh, are you speaking to? Are you speaking to him? Can you understand him?" And she's like, "Yeah, in a way." I guess, but I wish they like showed her like touching. uh, It was just weird. She was sitting around the fire. That would have been so weird if she she touched him and like (laughs) Like, it. But shaking, she was just sitting there shaking her head yes and smiling, like not saying a word. It was like a little weird. But um, I think it shows like how much she's like it shows that she's much more powerful and like so wise that like she's able to like it. Re- she reminded me of like that's like something Yoda would be able to do like almost is that like just sit I there guess, and like yeah. understand like know everything about a person just by through the force. But come on, the first time we meet Yoda is him touching a flashlight. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. So like very different, very different. Um, do you think that Yoda just like kind of went insane in in solitary like? I think he uh, wanted. I think a mixture of him want like needing company and also him wanting to like test Luke a little bit. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. you, got you. Um, but yeah, what else? What else is there? Um, I mean, what did you think of Grogu's back? Grogu's backstory, like 
do you feel like that was a worthy reveal? Like, I, I think that it, it, I really liked it, that it added a lot to the episode and that it really, it, it connected because we all think of Ahsoka from the Clone Wars and from that period of time. So I think like to, to add on to that with Groger's backstory, tying back to that prequel era, like sort of, um, again, he has a lot of parallels to Anakin in this episode. And I think that it sort of like tied him to Ahsoka's where she, she might, the same year as Anakin. Yeah. Which is, I, I have something else to say about that, <laughs> but keep that in mind. Cause I, I watched something that I want to say, but I think that it kind of like connects them a little bit where like, it makes the episode and the, the whole backstory of Grogu a little bit more relevant too. We care more about it. We care a little bit more about Ahsoka's possible stakes with Grogu and stuff. I, I liked it in general. Yeah, I mean I, I have I have no not really any strong feelings towards it. I feel like it it ta- it was cooler to like see him use the force in season one, like no like not knowing that he was a Jedi. Like I feel like it might have taken away from that a little bit, the fact that it was not like the first time he used the force, but I don't mind that much and uh, I do think it's a little weird that this kind of trained Jedi was just like eating eggs and like messing with the wires mm-hmm. and like not doing anything that the Mandalorian asked him to like you know what I mean I I don't know I, it, but it, it, it doesn't bother me it, the name was weird to me at first I kind of feel like that was a marketing blunder and they should have just left him as Baby Yoda for a little bit longer but but I don't I, I think how long can you keep that going for like Forever, Real, forever. <laughs> realistically, how how long can you have? Can a character just keep calling him kid or the child? Like, you know, like after a while, like if I was Mando, I'd be like, I need to give this kid a freaking name. Like, yeah, you know, so. like yeah, I, like I said, I don't, I don't mind. That's not really one of my main gripes uh, so, with the episode. It was at first, but I've got I. I'm. I don't really care much. Some people. Like it could. It could be cool. Some people were weirded out that his name didn't start with a Y, like Yoda and Yaddle. Yeah. That like. But like, I. I feel like that doesn't matter. Like, it, uh, the name makes sense. Like, I could be like, oh, that that could totally be his name. Like. Yeah, that could. I, I also think his story has parallels with, um, Din the Mandalorian, because like they both went through purges in the Clone Wars. That's where Din was. Yeah. Like comes from. True. So, True. So I feel like that. That's. It's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. But going back to what you said is that he was born the same day as Anakin is. Same uh, year, I don't know. Oh, same year. Uh, some I, I was watching some video that was like he was born like the same day as Anakin or that's something. That's just I don't. They but, never told us that in the Mandalorian. Yeah, I don't that's care why the director said it. I watched like, the I watched the video and I was like, did they really say the same day? I don't no, know about that. But they never like, said they just say his age. Like an Anakin would be fifty at this time. That's yeah, how people figure it out. But uh, it's interesting. Like it's kind of like draws parallels to. Uh, to Harry Potter, like Harry Potter and Neville Longbottom, where like, mm. like either one, like either one could have been the chosen one, but Voldemort just decided to go after Harry Potter. Like Neville mm. could have just as just as easily been the chosen one. Probably like, would have had to wait for Grogu to grow like hundreds of yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is also like him when you were saying like, why is he just like eating cookies and like acting like a child? I think because even though he's fifty, I think he still like has the brain of a child. Yeah, he does. Much. But he was trained for many years by many masters, so it's like weird that he's like eating. But like, how much training do you think he would have went through? Like, given that every day. No, but like with the brain of a child, do you like how much training do you think they give like younglings like that or that young? Yeah, they probably let them eat cookies and eggs (laughs) in the Jedi Temple. (laughs) Um, Also, another topic that we we haven't mentioned yet that I have to mention is when we were when we were talking about the robe and the staff. I mean, one of the most jarring parts of the whole episode that really threw me off and I did not like is her, um, what is it called? Her, the, is it called the Leku? Am I pronouncing that right? Her Leku. Yeah, yeah the, the, the head right, tails. Yeah, the head, 
those things were puny. They had to be bigger. I don't care. I don't care if it limits the action a little bit. Don't Game of Thrones and be like, oh, we couldn't do it with the action. Like, you got to get the Leku right. That's Ahsoka's character. And you, it doesn't have to be as long as it is in the white robe. It could be Rebels style. It didn't even look like the same style as the Rebels one. It was like the Rebels one like goes like out. You know what I mean? It doesn't like... If you look at a picture of the Rebels one side to side with the one from Mandalorian, which the Rebels one has to be before this. There's no question. Like her during Rebels. It like looks completely different. Are you talking about the the style, the stripes, or the style like the design of no, how the her, the how her tails like like form. how the tails are formed and like how big they are, and, well, and even the headpiece looks a little different. But whatever. Well, also with that, like the size, I, I definitely agree. Like the size definitely should be be larger. I have my own opinions on it, but I I think that the design of it is difficult to to tie to Rebels because Rebels has a very unique animation style, which they change things the way they looked, like how they look in Clone Wars, which like. They kind of like did their own thing with like certain designs, That's like so much cooler. <laughs> it is, but like, but like, I don't think like like that, just our headpiece, not the animation. That just proves like the animation, does, the animated shows like don't really define the the des- some of the designs because they kind of like mm. take liberties in in certain styles and things like that. But the size, I agree, but also like if it really really inhibited the action, would would you have preferred a shitty action scene like with? Like, I think they could have done it. I think they're just making excuses. I think they could I don't know. I could see it like that like if they're large to a certain point they would have had to CGI them and I don't think they wanted to CGI them. I don't I'd rather them CGI them. I would I would I would I rather like a, practice. I like ones. a real thing, but like I don't know. I, I think you gotta get it right. And and yeah, I get the animation's different, but like the whole shape of them is different. Like look at a picture of her and Rebels versus her in the Mandalorian. They look complete like she she looks pretty much like she just came out of clone wars which isn't a bad thing but like you have to account for the time period you have to acknowledge like yeah. and ahsoka's look in rebels is so good like everyone has complaints about rebels but no one complains about ahsoka's look because she looks awesome she's like at her best in rebels pretty much people complain about rebels i like loved rebels oh, people <laughs> don't like rebels animation style they hate the lightsaber. oh the animation style is just yeah. one thing <laughs> they don't like the way yoda looks they don't like the way Palpatine looks. Oh, Yoda, Yoda looks don't. horrible. Yeah. Yoda doesn't look. That's a whole different story. People don't like that the lightsabers are skinny, which I think people overreact. But that's a whole different story. I, the Leku had to be bigger. You gotta get the Leku right. Maybe she got a haircut, a Leku yeah, cut. cut. That's a whole thing too. Her her Leku shows her growth over time. Yeah. Which is like, why did you stop that? I don't know. I, I guess I, action. It, I was like, surprised when I first saw it. I was like. It looks this like, looks Clone like Wars. It, this looks like Clone Wars. Yeah. Honestly, the whole episode, except her voice, like the everything else, like reminded me a little bit more of Clone Wars than Rebels, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Just like an observation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think her look, her in the her in the gray robe, looked a lot like Clone Wars to me. Yeah, it was very it was very similar to. Except the to white Clone. lightsabers are obviously more Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like. Yeah, I wish the the Lekos were bigger, but as long as they get like every everything else right, like I could kind of kind of let that slide, you know. But did they get everything else right? I think the action was was really good, and I, like I said, like I think like as much as she was stoic and stern, that I think it 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 does make sense, and it's a little too early to judge a lot of things about. Like we can give our opinions, but I think it's a little too early to like put a final judgment and and like it, yeah. On it. I mean, like I said, it could definitely get get better over time. I think that um. That's clear. I always said that about like episode seven. I was like, episodes eight and nine can make it better for me, also. 
Like, not that I didn't like episode seven when it first came out, but I was like, this can get better from what comes later, which we're not going to talk about whether or not it did. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Um, I think another thing that I want to mention that bothered me was her fight with the magistrate. Like, like I said, the action was really good all around. Like, even, even though the, her, the amount she used the lightsabers was a little bit jarring... And the assassin nature was, like, not really something we've seen before. I, I was good with it. I think it was cool to see it. Um, the bell was awesome. Uh, jumping across the roofs was awesome. But her versus a magistrate was something I very much did not like. Like, Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano can't be having trouble be like, grunting and, like, getting disarmed with some lady who, like, just got a spear recently. Yeah, but it's also like who knows how how well trained this this woman. Is. What if she's just a badass? It's a what if she's But what if she's just a really badass fighter? I mean, like no. Then then you gotta then you gotta make her a character that we've seen before or something. I feel like you don't have to. Then the, no, come on. You can't just like if she's a magistrate like working uh, working under Thrawn. Like Thrawn is a badass fighter. Like that's like, true. Yeah, like do you think it, Thrawn trained her personally? No, but like in Clone Wars, like they introduced like random new bounty hunters that were that were badass fighters and like stuff like like it wasn't questioned. I feel like it. Yeah, but Clone Wars is different because no one's really like no one's a, that's fighting is like really a master master in Clone Wars except like no one on the like Obi Wan is still oh like he's not at his full power. Anakin's not really at his full power. Like I don't know. It may this is Ahsoka Tano after all. She's got pulled. She fought Vader. She fought Maul. She beat Maul when she was like whatever she was, fifteen years old. And then she she contended with Vader, demasked him, and she's like, you can't just bring in a character one episode and have her contend I, I feel like and ahsoka did end up winning i get she like wanted to disarm her and not kill her so she'd get her information and ahsoka does have a knack for getting disarmed and using her short lightsaber but still like she should not be yeah but like you said like want wanted to disarm her and in, in order to get information out of her without hurting or killing her and also it was a beskar a beskar spear and who's to say that this woman isn't just a badass fighter like no i think she'd like yeah yeah, who's to say? But don't you can't just introduce her one episode and be like, "Oh, she's ba- tell me she's badass," and so be like, "Oh, don't underestimate her," and then have her contend with this like one of the most what I think is one of the most powerful Jedi of all time, like one of the most one of the best fighting Jedi's of all. She fought with Vader. She beat Maul. Yeah, I, she could have probably killed Vader when she cut his mask off. Probably, I think that she should have taken down the magistrate easy, more easily without getting disarmed. Let's say, like, yeah. I don't think that. I think she could have done it without without getting disarmed, but that's something that I'll that I think I can let sl- slide because it it was Beskar. She wanted to disarm her and get information, and who's to say that this this woman isn't a just a badass fighter and like is good with with a spear? Yeah, I, I, I mean I could let it slide, but I don't know. It just felt it, 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 the fighting was was also like weird too. Like it didn't. I did, I felt the fight was also underwhelming in itself. Like even in Rebels, they change. Not change, but like they use they they use Vader's fighting style in a different way to accommodate Ahsoka's like agility and like movement and like quick. It was like weird to see her not like she did like one flip that clearly looked like a like a stunt double doing a flip in the middle of a fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't th- I don't think it warranted like a big flippy like crazy fight. I think it was like very much almost mirroring um, 
like the standoff that the Mando had with uh, the magistrate's like right hand man. Like that was sort of like the Western standoff, and then Ahsoka versus the magistrate was like sort of like the classic like samurai yeah, like standoff I, where it was like very like slow and calculated and like yeah. and a lot of lightsaber battles are like that. Like I, it kind of reminded me of like a of a like some Ray versus Kylo battles almost. Yeah, but I don't really love those all that much. But I think it was better, better than, than so some that, of those. But. So yeah, that I, I get that the Mandalorian was going for a samurai uh, vibe this episode, and I appreciate that the Mandalorian does do that and has like certain certain vibes and sticks with it for certain episodes, and the Western vibe is consistent across. But I don't know, I don't like when it limits a fight like like seeing Ahsoka in a melee fight for the first time in live action. Like it was like this the first time we're seeing her in live action. You know what I mean? And like. Also, since Disney bought Star Wars, they have a weird way of, like, doing their fights. But that that's a whole different story. But, like, it's weird. Like, they do, like, very hand-to-hand fights and then just do a flip out of nowhere. And then, like, go back to the hand-to-hand fighting. You know what I mean? No. I don't. I, I know what you mean in, th- in this instance, but I don't really know what you mean in other Disney Like, Kylo vs. the Knights of Ren. It was, like, a cool fight. And then he just does a, like, flip backwards out of nowhere. And, like, it looks like he's, like, hanging by a string and someone's just pulling him around. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't look, like, real. Yeah. Uh, but that's a whole different story yeah. yeah i just didn't love that fight you I, I think like but also they have to leave room as much as she's a badass and should be but again i'll I, I won't state all the those reasons again with the the best guard and disarming and stuff but also i feel like they also have to have room to grow like i think we're like yeah you like if you completely unleash a full-ass badass Ahsoka scene, there's no room to like show her some growth with her. I think once she eventually takes on like someone like Moff Gideon or Thrawn, we're gonna see like full like what we what we know Ahsoka to be. And I think that this wasn't really out of character for her. Like, yeah, she could have she could have done it without getting both her lightsabers disarmed, but I think that it wasn't out of character because she's not the kind of person that would like flip over her and chop her arm off in order to to, to win to win immediately she though <laughs> but yeah and like i said ahsoka loves to get disarmed it's like her favorite thing she does it all the, she literally disarms herself in rebels so she could <laughs> grab the lightsaber that would have been cool if she used that move but they've they've been a little heavy-handed on that move throughout her history but yeah i just felt the fight was underwhelming for the first time we see ahsoka all right yeah um fair enough i mean all right so we should all we should talk about the end reveal with her for um with we find out in the episode once she disarms the magistrate that she's looking for grand admiral thrawn um which i thought was like i mouth dropped like literally in the i gasped when i when i heard that in the show because i i heard uh i was watching videos online saying like oh grand admiral thrawn might be in mandalorian i was like i don't i don't see how they're gonna be able to fit him in there's like way too much stuff so when i heard that i was like this is so awesome. Like, I can't wait to see Thrawn, like, show up. You see, I, I, we're calling it a reveal. I don't feel like it's a reveal. I don't feel at all like it's a reveal. We knew Ahsoka was looking for Ezra, who was with Grand Admiral Thrawn. So when that happened, I, like, knew she was going to say it. Because she said, who, like, where's your master? Like, when she was like, tell me what I want to know, I knew she was going to say, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? We knew she was looking for Ezra. It wasn't really a, like a reveal for me. No, but it, I think a reveal is that we're going to see him in live action. I think it was a, re- a reveal because, like, if she's still looking for Ezra, I would have expected Sabine, her to be with Sabine and things like. So I, I was really unclear as to like where this was taking place in in relation to when she went off to find Ezra and stuff. So I, that's why it was a reveal for me. Like, oh, this is where it takes place. Like, she's still looking for Thrawn. Like, that's awesome. 
But it still like, didn't really give clarity on when it takes place. But but yeah, I mean, she promised to find Ezra right during the World Between Worlds episode. So I felt like that was probably her main goal since then. Um, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was a, re- a reveal for me. It was pretty much to, to me saying, oh, we're going to do Grand Admiral Thrawn in live action. It wasn't like a reveal that a, anything about Ahsoka. But still, it, I, 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 it was cool to hear the name I drop. I thought it was, it was cool. Like, you, it's not a highlight of the episode for me. It's not a highlight of the episode, but I I still think it's a it still is a reveal in the fact that like we had no idea like how they were gonna place these events or anything like that. Like we still have no idea though. We yeah we still we still don't. But like I think we have a we've discussed it in the episode, this episode. I think it ta- takes place before the the rebels finale. So I think that gives you a clue as to like maybe some different stuff was going on before she was looking for Ezra. Maybe like she was also looking for Thrawn or something like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a clue, I guess, but it's not really, a it's just interesting. Like I, I thought, I, I thought it was like interesting. I was like, what? I can't wait to see like how they're going to f- make this work. I don't know if Thrawn's going to be in the Mandalorian. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I would rather him be the, the villain for an Ahsoka spinoff series with Ezra and Sabine rather than try to cram him into the Mandalorian because one, I feel like if you put him in, he's got to be related to Moff Gideon somehow, and I don't want anybody to overshadow Moff Gideon. Yeah, and they I, might be enemies too, which could be interesting. But that would be interesting. But uh, again, like if you add him in, then I feel like you're kind of centering the series more towards uh, Jedi stuff, like Ahsoka. And I think that the real thing that sets the Mandalorian apart is the Western samurai vibe, and that they're Agreed. going for uh, exploring the different clans of Mandalorians. And I feel like their their end game is taking back. Uh, a home planet like and re and like uniting all the mandalorian people finally after so many years which i feel like if you add too much jedi stuff which i want to get into next uh, about possible jedi that could find grogu is if you add too much stuff in with all of them then it might overshadow that and i think we've had two shows we've had clone wars and rebels which were amazing and they did have a lot of mandalorian plots but i think this is the time where you really like expand that uh that lore with Ma- with Mandalorian. I hundred percent agree with you. I think the Mandalorian can touch on other things, and and that's why some when I heard all all these characters might be in season two months ago, way before the season started, I was kind of like excited to see them, but also like, do we really want it to become like, oh, we see this character, now we see this character, now we see this character. I think Bo-Katan was a great entrance. I I don't think Ahsoka was like bad, but I I just hope it doesn't become like. The Mandalorian showing you all the different Star Wars characters that are alive at the time. I hope it still stays centered on the Mandalorian, and I think Grand Admiral Thrawn could mean a lot for for other things to come. But I hope it's not the main focus of of this show. But I also want to say I would love if whether or not in this show or the beginning of whatever show comes next, if there was like they show the moment between Ahsoka and Sabine from like a different perspective in live action. Like if that was like how, how her the end of Rebels. Yeah, like if 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 like that was her exit from the Mandalorian is like her landing on Lothal and like meeting Sabine, and that was like okay, Ahsoka's not in the show anymore. It's going to become something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that and it it tells you what period of time that happened. You know, I I I would like that a lot. That that's just maybe wishful thinking, but I would I would I would like something like that where it gives you a hint on no, like, that'd be de- this is where we're going. This is where it fits. That would definitely be really cool. Like if she helps Mando in the battle against Moff Gideon and then like it's kind of settled for a little bit and she's like, "All right, you kind of got this under control now. Like I need to go so mm-hmm. and then they and then they show her land on Lothal in the in the white cloak. That would that yeah, would that would be really be great. cool. Yeah. 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 Agreed. 
yeah okay but um now yeah i want to talk about the the other jedi and like what this means for like even though i just said like i'd rather it not focus too much on jedi i feel like it makes sense that we're gonna see more jedi show up and have that play into um the whole mandalorian plot so i've seen so many theories since the episode came out of like who could show up stuff everything from luke skywalker to uh cal kestis to mace windu to um uh ezra bridger but like what 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 are your opinions who do you what do you realistically think is gonna i honestly think that we might not even see any of them that we could possibly even see a dark side user or we could see uh just moff gideon like sort of like destroy them like on on tython before like any jedi is able to get into that i agree with you i think the show is going to end with it being about mandalore and i think grogu is not gonna go train to become a jedi i think it's going to be about him and the mandalorian together and i i think there are a lot of options of people who could come i would not like if it was mace windu i hope they i think there's a good chance they will bring mace mace windu back i don't think that would be a good idea i don't i wouldn't i personally wouldn't like it i like when characters stay dead um but how do we know he's dead we don't but i that's the thing it takes away from that scene like that anakin caused his death i don't know i don't i as much as i I did say the same thing when maul came back i didn't like it and it ended up being a great thing for star wars in general but um i don't know just from what i know now i don't want to see mace windu the only thing good about that is they could use the same actor and just like samuel l jackson's older so that that's the one good thing about it where um Luke, they'll either have to recast CGI or just not show his face. It'll be like a hooded figure. Um, Ezra, I think finding Ezra is a whole story on its own. I hope he like doesn't come into it. Yeah, I would rather Sabine and Ahsoka find him than him just like come and find Mando. And, yeah, and, yeah, I agree. And like, why would he? I feel like he has other fish to fry. Also, yeah, Cal Kestis is kind of just a character from the video game, so. I don't know. It might be a little bit underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people love that game, and I, I never, I never beat it. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it'd be a little bit underwhelming. Um, another option is Leia, who, as we know from Rise of Skywalker, is is in Jedi training at this point, or maybe close to the end of her Jedi training. Which, I mean, I feel like that would be a cur- an, an interesting curveball that I would kind of, I would kind of. That'd be probably the one I'm. I'd be most excited to see show up because I'd love to see her as a Jedi more than just one scene. Um, Do you really think that they would CGI her? CGI or, or recast her? They have CGI'd her in the past, but that was before she she passed away. Yeah. Right? Well, no, they CGI'd her in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, like young her. No, I. Oh yeah, yeah, that's or true. Like that's use true. some type of effects. I'm not sure the intricacies of it. Um, I don't know. I don't know that they would make the whole char- like a whole character out of her though. But maybe she could show up. I I don't know. I also I think she'd be too concerned with like her po- politics and like uh, rebuilding like the. But I think that's why she left the Jedi Order, eventually, because she was like, I want to be more concerned with the politics. Yeah. So that. So uh, at the time of the Jedi, I don't think she was like that. Is she? St- she's is she still in her Jedi training right now? Five years after Return of the Jedi. I think so. I think that's when she stopped. Right. It was. I would like... think about like probably takes five five years to be able to beat luke skywalker in <laughs> combat. Like, <laughs> um yeah and i don't know i i don't really want someone to be ezra could be recast because he's probably older he might not be if he was stuck in hyperspace but probably older I, they're gonna have to cast someone as him which they're gonna have to do that anyway um but like someone like luke i don't want to have to like 
I don't know. I've had to accept too many people as recastings in Star Wars recently. I feel like. Yeah, I I really don't think Lucasfilm would go for for casting a young Luke. I th- I think it would be cool. I because I it's a whole different story. I I'm, don't like what they did with him in the sequel trilogy, and I think like returning to a point where he is a badass like would, would be, be cool. would be cool to see. But and uh, as for Mace Windu, like I part of me likes it because I didn't like Mace Windu really wasn't one of my favorite characters at all in the prequels. Like I don't think he was like developed that well or like he's just kind of like annoying. a stoic like annoying character <laughs> and i love samuel jackson like i think there's so much more potential with that mm. character but i don't see what they can possibly do with him rather than just to be a big reveal like samuel jackson's back like yeah. and then what what like what uh, where what was fr- he the what whole fr- time yeah not only where was he but what further development do they have to do with him other than like yeah. maybe now that boba fett is back like maybe boba fett kills him like to like finally like get revenge That'd be a cool on standoff it. but like i don't want to see boba fett kill mace windu either i'd rather see palpatine kill mace windu in revenge of the sith yeah. you know? <laughs> um but that's we jet jedi fall from from far uh from high heights i know like, but not while they're being electrocuted and have their hand just recently cut off I don't know. I, I, I just I, I don't like bringing characters back unnecessarily. Especially, like you said, I don't really know that there's more development to be had with that character. Yeah. The Boba thing could be cool, honestly, now that you mentioned that. I didn't even think of that. But, um, yeah, I just I just would not would not love that. And we're, I feel like a whole thing with Rebels was like, how do we get Ezra to not be there during the original trilogy? Like, what's the best way to do that? So they put him in hyperspace. Like, I think it's you have to explain why these characters weren't here during the original trilogy. Like, the Jedi, I mean. Like, you know what I mean? Yoda or Obi-Wan would have reached out to Mace Windu in the Force or something. He's got to know what's going on. Unless he closed himself off from the Force for a while. But then, yeah. No purple lightsaber, what's the point? Then how's he going to find Grogu? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a contradiction. Um, I think that either way, Baby Yoda's staying with Mando. I think so, too. Like, you... That would be if that's you want to talk about a marketing blunder. That's a marketing blunder. So write him out, out of the, the show. show. Yeah, because they're like a duo. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, oh, they're so, they're so cute. I lo- was like, time to say goodbye, buddy. Oh. And then he just sat there with him. It was so cute. Oh, and then so I was cute. like, nah, you can keep him. But I don't want him. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the th- what's confusing to me is like, why would she? I guess she would ask the magistrate only about like. This is the thing. Like, if the magistrate is working for Thrawn, then that kind of implies that Thrawn is like escaped from Ezra's like mm-hmm. grasp and he's doing his own thing. But like, how? Like, Ezra literally like brought his entire star destroyer like in hyperspace with the Pergil, like, these big whales like that were grasping him in his tenac- in their tentacles. Like, how does he escape from that? And like, what 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 the heck is Ezra doing that like he's like just nowhere to be found and like Thrawn is still operating out there well I I mean they were with his whole like fleet I think there was more than one ship with the Pergil yeah yeah there's a I think there was a few so they are with Thrawn's whole fleet I think Ezra's whole goal was to get him off Lothal not necessarily defeat him which he did um I'm not really sure I think that's going to be explained I, I don't I don't mind that I hope they give a good explanation on like that like I hope that they and like exited hyperspace after the Empire fell because I feel like Thrawn's not around for it. Ezra's not around for it. I feel like that's well. Actually, I think it's the, he took them to the unknown regions where they couldn't. They didn't know how to chart out of with hyperspace, right? 
I always because hyperspace is like you teleport from place to place. You're, you're going at light light speed, so you're like able to teleport from place to place. You're not like actually moving at light speed. So I, it could have like since they were in like not in the the like ship was broken and they were like in space pretty much. I could have like held them between some type of like time loop or something like not time loop, but like held them in hyperspace for some time. And like the Pergil, who knows what's going on with them? Yeah, like, they just go yeah. into hyper. So so yeah, it could have trans- transported them to the unknown regions. I think it's a little underwhelming to just have them sitting on a planet for however many years. I think it'd be cool to like do something where they're in a limbo or something like that. Um, That'd be cool. I, yeah. I think I would like that, but but I think it. But yeah, he is pulling the strings now. I, I definitely agree with you. He's definitely out of it now. Yeah, that's I like. that's. I feel like they have to explain explain it, yeah. because that's weird to me that like Ezra would just like l- let him like escape and start like pulling the strings. Yeah, I I don't I really don't know. I wonder maybe he captured Ezra like once because like I said Ezra's whole thing was to get him off with all. Yeah. Not necessarily like beat him. So I don't know. Maybe he captured Ezra after. It'd be cool to see if they did skip through however many years like have Ezra be like a same the similar age to he was in Rebels that'd be kind of cool like have him not be that he didn't age or yeah that he like didn't age cause that'd he was, be like, cool that, in Limbo or something that'd be cool but whatever that's a whole whole other thing yeah we'll probably get to that eventually yeah um but do you think that we'll see Ahsoka come uh, back uh this season this season I hope I hope so I hope so, but I I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's any, it's anyone's guess. Puts <laughs> so this is a picture. This is a complete joke, but this is what I'm picturing it in my mind. They go to Tython. They place Grogu on the seeing stone. Reaches out through the force, and Ahsoka shows up. And, you called me? Oh, it's yeah. just oh, it's just you guys again. <laughs> yeah, 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 literally. I don't know. That's the thing. Is she gonna show? I don't know. I hope she does. She sent him away. She was like, nope. But like, yeah. Also, did she kill the magistrate? That's a question too. Good question. Kinda I have no not. idea. Kind of hope you not. you would think she wouldn't because that's not I feel like way. killing her is not Ahsoka's way, even though she's not quote unquote not a Jedi. You know. That yeah, she, she's not, yeah. She's not the type to be chopping heads off when she doesn't have to. Yeah. But like, what more does she have to do on this planet? I feel like she's gonna. She's, like le- she's gonna leave. She's leaving Corvus, and I hope she got the information she needed. I, I hope she. Did. Yeah, that would suck if she did. <laughs> really, <laughs> that whole episode. Was then it would nothing. really be a side yeah, yeah, a side yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But I don't know. Overall, I I liked the episode. I I agree with. Uh, I I I see your point on a lot of the things that you you had gripes with. But I think watching it the second time around, I I appreciated it more. And, you know, just as an Ahsoka fan, like, I was just happy happy to see some badass fight scenes with her also. Like, just to see that she has gotten wiser, more powerful, the way that she handled things with Grogu, the connections to Anakin and the fight scenes. Like, I was pretty happy with the episode. Of course, I had similar gripes to you with the Leku and um, some of the, like, some of the relevancy of things and like how it's going to play out in the future. But again, I think that it's yet to be seen. We have no idea how she's going to come back or what's going to happen with her. Yeah. I think, I think, like I said, second time around, I liked it better. I'm excited to see what's next. Um, I think the voice was something that threw me off. Um, the Leku was something that definitely threw me off. And yeah, the relevance to the, to the overall story, I'm, I'm sure she'll have more relevance, uh, hopefully in the Mandalorian, uh, 
But yeah, I think I, I was expecting, like, I want, not not expecting, but I wanted, like, to feel the exact Ahsoka, which I think I have to just let go of. And, and I am happy for everyone else who, who loved it and felt like they, they like, really felt their Ahsoka on screen, which I didn't have that same 100% feeling. I, I thought there was a lot of good stuff in it. I thought that there were some things that were, were done correctly. Um, but I didn't have that same feeling that everyone else seems to be having. But I am happy that um, everyone's excited to see Ahsoka in live action, that she is gonna be such a big part of this universe going forward because she is such an amazing character yeah it's so great that other people are being introduced to her and yeah because she really is like i know she's is she your number one character she's my number one character <laughs> yeah she's definitely in my i don't she's not my number one but she's definitely like in my top three top three and I, it's great to see that people are not only now being introduced to her in live action but now people are seeing her in live action and going back to Clone Wars and Rebels yeah. being like, I need to know more about her, which is awesome because I Ash want everyone to watch Clone Wars. Ashley Eckstein is Ahsoka, and like, no, and that's part of me wanted her, them to put Ashley Eckstein in makeup. I think she's just do it. She she really embodies Ahsoka, and yeah, she she and she loves the character. Like if you watch interviews with her, she oh, yeah. loves that character. Yeah, she, and that's what you need in someone. Yeah, and she's a great just like overall person. She started like her own like uh, I think it's like a char is her universe it's, it's a charity? Her, no, it's her universe. It's pretty much like a um. It's like a for it started out being for like fan girls like all clothes and merchandise for fan girls. I think she it, it's expanded a little bit, but yeah, she because she was always a fan girl of Star Wars and and other things. So it's it's like a it's a bunch of merch for um for fan girls. Yeah, it's like to help them like like we Feel talked like about it in the, included in the we. Um, we talked about yeah. in in the first episode of this podcast where like you, if you're a nerd like sometimes you're afraid to like let your your, yeah, your free, free flag, flag fly. fly yeah yeah so the, it, she kind of does that with uh with girls who are fangirls of Star Wars or just any like big nerd franchises yeah uh, and it, is, it's it's great to see a character playing or an actress or actor playing a character that they truly like love because not everyone does if you watch interviews you could tell not everyone like knows the intricacies in the background of their character but Ashley Eckstein really does which is something I appreciate about her and I do think Rosario Dawson has love for the character and has wanted to play her for a long time which I also appreciate yeah um, but I just I love Ashley Eckstein she's the best yeah she's awesome and you know who has love for their character too um I don't remember her her full name but um the actress for Bo-Katan Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, if you watch her and her interview, she really cares about the character and she knows yeah, about the Yeah, she really which, does. Which I also appreciate. That's really cool that they were able to cast her in live action. Yeah, because but you know what? Her hair in real life looks like more like Bo Katan's hair than the wig did. I thought she has like long blonde hair. No, she has like short it's blonde. It looks like it looks like a not red version of Bo Katan's hair. You gotta look it up. Everyone look up an interview like a recent interview with her. It looked like I feel like they should have just dyed her hair instead of giving her the puffy wig. Maybe. I guess helmet hair. No <laughs> <to you. laughs> but um Yeah. Ahsoka. Love her. Love her. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that she basically is the future of of Star Wars. Aside from from Mando and Baby Yoda, like I think Disney is kind of realizing, like from the response of Clone Wars season seven, and uh, I know like they had some this whole thing with John Boyega expressing his uh, dissatisfaction. Is that a word? Dissatisfaction. Dissa dissa <laughs> dissatisfaction with uh, how. Um, certain characters uh characters of color and female characters are handled in the star wars universe i think that disney's kind of wising up to like ahsoka's worth investing in because not people are 
have been saying for years that stands of Ahsoka, like that she's the best character ever. And I th it's really awesome to see that like the studio is really investing time in her. And I th I'm sure Dave Filoni is over the moon about it because he's created her yeah. and hopefully they give him a little bit more clout in the, the movies and like the planning of like the overall story for her. Yeah, I think Ahsoka will be big, but I think, um, I think there's going to be a lot of futures of Star Wars. I think Ezra is definitely going to be one of them, even... Obviously, they're probably going to be in the same show, but I think Ezra's going to go off and, and do a lot of his own stuff afterwards, and I think he'll probably be a big thing. It's going to be interesting to see because, really, if you focus on Ahsoka, Ezra, Sabine, it's going to be all stuff that happens after Episode Six, unless you like go within the original trilogy. So it'll be interesting to see how they... Because I feel like all the content was between 4 and 5 other than Clone Wars, so it's going to be interesting to see if they stay within between six and seven or or what they're going to do with that or if they end up exploring new characters from before any of them which really nothing can exist before uh phantom menace i don't know if anything does maybe a few small things but that will be interesting it's going to be interesting to see how they explore the different eras mm -hmm. yeah because i know exhausting any of them the, the books right are doing the high republic now which is before phantom yeah. menace like young yoda mm -hmm. and stuff which should be interesting i mean like the the time period between six and seven is like we barely know anything about it so i think that's a good place to start and um i don't know yeah i'm, I'm excited because yeah, and still it also does give that empire feel that everyone loves so much but also like is new it's it new because four like i said between three and four i think i said four and five earlier between three and four is when everything like happens like like every other i feel like everything except clone wars happens between three and four like outside of the movie so it's um it's nice to see a new era explored yeah and it's exciting to see that they're getting more new audiences into the shows because i think that's really where star wars um hits its stride and really rounds itself out because the movies are i mean i love the movies i, can yeah. I think about the movies every single day of my <laughs> life but the shows are really where you invest yourself and you're completely immersed in the galaxy far far away and i'm so happy that like it's becoming more of a thing like I'm yeah. sure it was because I I'm, I'm I was late to the game watching Clone Wars and Rebels and I'm sure there were tons of fans out there already but I feel like with the Mandalorian now they're 100%. becoming it's becoming more of a thing. Hundred percent. I think with Disney Plus it's becoming way more of a thing too. And with season seven of Clone Wars was was huge. I think a lot of people shied away from Rebels because they were like, oh Disney Star Wars is nothing, which I think they sh a lot a lot more people should have went for Rebels. But uh, I think season seven of Clone Wars kind of started uh, it like connected. Bo-Katan and Ahsoka and made them both like I don't know I, I think that was really what got everyone moving and, and yeah the Mandalorian has only continued that further yeah yeah I don't like as much as I have my my gripes with the the sequel trilogy I think a lot of that is Disney like Rogue One is a great movie. I it's think so, I, good. so good. Disney had control with Rebels and the season seven of Clone Wars. I think they've done a lot of good stuff with Star Wars and like uh, the people who kind of at your everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You're entitled to form your own opinion, but I think like completely bashing everything that Disney has done for yeah, Star Wars is a little is a little uh, extreme. I agree, and yeah, I think a lot of people have used the sequel trilogy because it is like the big the biggest budget one as like a jumping off point to be like Disney ruined Star Wars. But yeah, I think I think people are coming to realize that Disney has also produced a lot of of, of good stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I know you, you always say it to me is that's the great thing about Star Wars is that it's not perfect. Uh, oh, 100%. I love that it's, uh, 
you could discuss it it's not just like oh it was great yeah and I, i'm ha- like i said i'm happy that everyone else like loved loved ahsoka and there's a lot of things i like but but i'm i'm good with being usually i'm not on the side of things where i don't like things and everyone else does i'm usually more like the i give the benefit of the doubt to to the creators um like the sequel trilogy i don't hate hate a lot of people hate hate it um but yeah i'm i'm on the the wrong side of history this time, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> not that I hate it, but um, yeah, I'm just not as happy yeah, as everyone else is. It just goes to show how how powerful the story of Star Wars is, is that like you can have extended conversations. Like we could literally have a Star Wars conversation every day and whether or not yeah. you like it or I mean, you don't like it. This one went. <laughs> I know. Whether, whether or not you like it or you don't like it, like there's always something to talk about and just there's always a way to like f- express your love for star wars whether or not you didn't like something you know Agreed. which which no, is I, cool i completely agree it, yeah well um anything else you want to add about ahsoka for no, for think, tonight i think we hit everything yeah 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 i feel satisfied um <laughs> <laughs> I feel i feel we satisfied longer than the way longer than the mandalorian episode oh yeah <laughs> satisfied in our conversation but unsatisfied in that i want much more from ahsoka yes, coming forward yeah can't wait to see uh what comes forward uh, with the Mandalorian and um, yeah if you want to know more about Ahsoka and um, the Mandalorian you can check out our blog on popcornheist.com and like we mentioned earlier this podcast will be covering more Star Wars content as we will be doing on our social media platforms which are all at Popcorn Heist so if you like this podcast uh, be sure to give us a follow and um, subscribe to us on our website to receive updates on our blog and yeah join the heist join the heist Thank you.